Uh, we're in Mark chapter 4, and uh, starting in verse uh, 35, and this is God's word. On that day, when evening had come, Jesus said to them, let us go across to the other side. That would be the Sea of Galilee. And uh, leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. And other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Uh, let's pray one more time. Father, may the truth be spoken and received here today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, you look at the, uh, the whole British situation and the royal wedding and all that, and, you know, the palace, the Windsor, Windsor Castle, is it palace or castle? Castle? Uh, that thing's been there for a thousand years. It's the oldest occupied castle in the world, and it's just amazing to me. If you've ever been to England, it's amazing. Their stuff is super old. Our stuff is like 200 years old. Their stuff is a thousand years old. It's, it's shocking that they've existed so long. And I've long said, I've long thought, surmised, that the thing that's kept the British people cooking all these years is that they're not really a people that freak out uh, readily. That whole um, um, uh, keep calm and carry on attitude that they have, they have it. That whole keep a stiff upper lip thing, they have it. They don't show their emotions readily. They're not controlled by their emotions. Generally, this is a huge generalization, I know, but the, the British people kind of keep a cool head. They model after the queen, and she doesn't get ruffled, and they just keep a cool head. Um, I saw one meme when I was piddling around looking at this that said, uh, keep calm and remain British. <laughs> that that kind of that stacks up British people. They're not ruled by their emotions generally. I don't know if you've no, ever noticed this before or not, but when you're watching movies, and uh, it's an action movie, and uh, who's going to make it, and who's going to live, and there's some kind of scary situation, the person who's freaking out is always the one who dies first. You notice that? What, you know, there's some grandma, or there's some person, and ah, the person who's freaking out is, you're like, ah, you're not going to live about like more than 90 more seconds in this movie. Uh, that's kind of how the way it goes. Well, friends, um, if you want to know the big idea, it's this. Jesus is God, and God remains calm. Uh, that is good news uh, uh, for those of us who are wandering through this uh, crazy pilgrim life. Uh, God is never freaking out because God is always in charge. Jesus is God, and God remains calm. He's never surprised. He doesn't learn. He remains calm. Uh, let's go to our first point together, which is God with us. Uh, in verse 35, it says, uh, on that day. Now, as soon as you see that, on that day, you have to go, okay, here we are just plopped down suddenly in the, in the gospel of Mark. To understand this, we, we kind of have to know what that means, on that day. Well, what day? Well, if you flip back just to the beginning of chapter 
4, uh, in verse 1, it says, And Jesus began to teach beside the sea. That would be the Sea of Galilee. And a very large crowd gathered about him. He got into a boat, sat in it, and so on. Um, and uh, it goes on in verse uh, 10 to say, uh, When he was alone, um, those uh, around him with the 12 asked him about parables. And so Jesus is doing more teaching. Um, in verse 33 of chapter 4, it says, with, such me- uh, with many such parables, he spoke the word to them as they were able to hear it, um, and so on. And he's, he's teaching. Yes? Correct. What did you get here? Huh? <laughs> yeah, it, you, it, you're true, sir. Yes. No, we are in the Gospel of Mark. We, yes, sorry, sorry. The numbers are right. The book is wrong. I'm so sorry. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you, Dave. Um, so, yeah, sorry, everybody. <clears throat> I'm sorry. Um, so, look, um, Jesus has been... Te- the whole point is, it's been a long day. It's been a long day. Um, and tuck that away because it'll come up again shortly. It's been a long day. Jesus has been teaching. Long day. We'll look at that in just one more in one second. Uh, in verse 35, uh, again, it says, on that day when evening had come. Now, evening, that evening had come, that's a fact that I think is uh, oft overlooked. When we picture this uh, scene in our uh, minds, it's usually like 2 o'clock in the afternoon, and uh, we think of artists' renderings and all that, but uh, the evening had come. Yes, they fished over uh, at night, but uh, setting out a ways in the moonlight um, isn't the same as traversing the deep uh, where the impact of a storm is greatly magnified, all right? So they're on, on a boat, and they're, they're moving across. Now, notice who is doing what here, and notice how careful Mark is to write it down. In verse 35 of Mark 4, it says, um, On that day when evening had come, Jesus said to them, Let us go across to the other side. Who is directing the action? Jesus is directing the action. He's saying, let us go to the other side. It's Jesus who's calling the shots. Um, Let us go to the other side. Where is Jesus in all of this? Where is he? He is with them. Let us go, and Jesus is with them. And then comes something that's often puzzled over, and it says this in, in, in verse 36. Leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat just as he was. And, you know, for the life of me, I can't find many people that comment on that just as he was. Um, it, 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 you look at it, and you go, hmm, just as he was, what does that mean? I think, it's, I think, it's, I think people don't comment on it much because um, it's probably quite simple. It's probably that he's worn out. It's probably that it's been a long day. And one of the cool things about that, um, even at first glance, I was like, you know, I, I taught this before years ago. I, couldn't, I can't find the file. It's on some old computer hard drive or something somewhere, but I don't even know where it is. But um, that uh, took him just as he was. It just speaks, I think, to his humanity. I mean, Jesus really was human. He was fully God. He never set that... I mean, he set his glory aside. He set his, um, he set his, um, his, his rights and privileges aside, but he remained God at the same time taking on a human nature. By the way, um, I'm straying from my notes a little bit, but um, we, we sang, you know, the, the, the song, And Can It Be? And Can It Be That I Should Gain? Um, the, there's an original version that Charles Wesley wrote that's got a piece of heresy in it. Did you know that? Um, where it says, um, Emptied himself of all but love. Anybody grow up singing that? Uh, that's, that's heresy. It's trying to... Um, 
It's trying to uh, manage uh, Philippians 2 and Jesus setting his glory aside. But what it does is it starts dividing up the attributes of God. Jesus didn't um, empty himself of all the attributes of God except love. You can't divide up the Son of God. It's impossible. And so the lyrical change is... um, um, Da, 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 so great his love. They changed it. They changed it. Uh, and have, that's been sung for a couple hundred years now, a fixed version of And Can It Be, just, uh, out of, just to let you know. But all to say, um, Jesus is fully God, n- not splitting up his attributes. Uh, uh, even when he went his, was in his mom's arms, he was ho- upholding the universe by the word of his power. Remains fully God, but at the same time, he takes on a, f- a real human nature. Not, not, a, not a shadow... Not a sense of a human nature, but a real human body that uh, needed food and that had to learn how to speak and uh, grew up in wisdom and stature, was raised by his parents. Um, and he gets tired. And uh, when you see this uh, all day long, they take him and they, they, they take him just as he is. And you see in verse 36, he was asleep on the cushion. They're all freaking out. Waves are piling in. And Jesus is asleep. He's really zonked out. Um, they took him uh, just as he was. Um, last thing on this is this. In verse 36, he says, and leaving the crowd, uh, they took him with them in the boat just as he was. Leaving the crowd. Notice also in verse 35, he said, let us go to the other side. Um, not at, the whole crowd ain't getting in boats going to the other side. Um, a specific group of people are. And uh, it was a specific pe- a group of people to, to whom Jesus said, let us go. Now, that's not a blueprint for building some kind of Calvinistic theology or whatever, okay? This is Jesus speaking so intimately. Jesus, the God-man. Jesus with the human nature. Jesus who is tired. He says, let us go. And he's with the disciples in a profoundly intimate way. He is God with us. Let us go. Now, application for your life. It has been pointed out that there's some really uh, cool cosmic parallels to this uh, scene on the, on the high sea here. Um, you see Jesus um, eventually here demonstrating his power over the created order. Um, you also see Jesus demonstrating power over that which is chaotic. The waves are, being, are tossing them around and it's dangerous and scary. Um, you also see Jesus demonstrating power over death itself. Because these seasoned fishermen, these seasoned sailors were scared for their lives, scared of dying, and by Jesus' intervention, he controls that which could produce death. Now, I don't want to play that too hard uh, as a spiritual parallel, but think about it. I mean, uh, in the very next story, Jesus heals a man uh, with, possessed by demons. I would say that that's spiritually chaotic, wouldn't you? Chaos? Um, how about the wind and the waves end up obeying him, demonstrating power over the, the created order? Um, how about the disciples having a sp- specific fear? And by the way, I love it. It's expressed, you know, it's on all four Gospels, but in the Gospel of Mark, it's just so um, personal and vivid. Uh, the disciples go... Um, yeah, in verse 36, he was, on, he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. They woke him and said, Teacher, don't you care if we die? Don't you care that we are perishing? It's not, wake up, Jesus, help us. Wake up, we're in trouble. Wake up, uh, the boat's about to go down. 
It's, wake, Jesus, don't you care? I mean, is that not, uh, is that not unvarnished? You know, if I, were, if I were approaching the Scriptures for the first time and I'm like, I don't know, I'm suspect about this Christianity and I don't know, I would read something like that and go, wow, that is unvarnished to be sure. I mean, these people are fearing for their life and they're, they're asking Jesus if he even cares. Well, God with us, that is Jesus, uh, is in charge of all those things. Uh, and in that, there is great security, and that brings us to our next point, which is God in charge. Verse 37, uh, a great windstorm arose, you know, a squall, and the waves were breaking into the boat so that the boat was already filling. Uh, anybody been on a boat that was being tossed and turned, and it was a really rough experience? That's quite a thing, isn't it? I mean, uh, I've, been on, I've been on deep sea fishing things, I think, three times, and I've only had a good experience like one way. Like, it's been fun, and then I'm horribly sick coming back, or the other way. But when I was a kid, our family went on vacation, and we went to Catalina Island, wherever that is. That's off the coast of California somewhere. And on the way to Catalina Island, it was so pretty, and we were on this big old, like, rusty old crazy boat, and all these tourists around there, and it was great. On the way back, we got hit by a storm, and I mean, it was... And they had to close the front of the boat, and the waves were pouring over. It was so dramatic, and like... A hundred percent of the people on the boat were throwing up, and it was quite a scene, man. Quite a scene. I mean, the bathroom had eight people in it getting sick, and everybody was up on. You know, just it was awful. It was so awful, but scary experience. The power of water. You know, my goodness, even even trout fishing in water that deep is frightening. You go, yeah, the power of water, pretty powerful. I mean, you could easily get swept away by the power of water. Well, they're, they're feeling this. The, 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 the boat is rocking. It's filling up with water. It's, it's, it's uh, uh, breaking into the boat, the, the waves. And, you know, the Sea of Galilee is way below um, the sea level. It's 600 and what is it? 628 feet below sea level. New Orleans... Um, you saw how bad that got hit, is, that, and, is an average of one to two feet below sea level. At its, at its deepest point, I think New Orleans is 20 feet, no, 20 feet above and seven feet below. So I don't know. It's a, it's a short little band. But I mean, the Sea of Galilee is 628 feet below sea level, and it's surrounded by mountains. And so winds kind of come in, and the cold, the cold air kind of comes down, and convection and whatever. Talk to Joey Sullivan about it later. But it can kick up these squalls, and uh, they're, they're sudden storms. Now, boats in the first century um, weren't just little rowboats that you see on, in, in kids' books, and they weren't ships either. In fact, you know, when it, says, um, when it says Jesus was asleep in the stern, I think people think, oh, there was a bedroom underneath, you know, with a, a you know, toilet and stuff. Um, the stern's just the back of the boat. It's, it's not, there's, it wasn't some uh, nice bedroom uh, or anything like on, on uh, the, uh, Hollywood's Richest Stars or whatever. It, it's, he's just in the back of the boat, asleep. And uh, let me show you a picture here. Um, that is n- not um, an unrealistic rendering. It, it, a boat back then is probably a little bigger than that. It's somewhere between like a UPS truck and a school bus uh, would be the size of a boat back then. But it was very simple. You had the mast and uh, what's the thing that goes across? The other thing, hang on, I wrote it down there. Oh, a yard, it's a yard, a mast and a yard. So you got a mast and a yard, a very simple boat. And uh, they're all kind of crammed in there. And so Jesus is in the back of the boat, uh, sleeping. And uh, you can see that that would be pretty scary. Even for seasoned sailors, 
Uh, these squalls kind of come up uh, unexpectedly. In fact, when it says the boat was already filling uh, and the waves were breaking into the boat, breaking in, uh, that word is seismos. That sound familiar to you? Like an earthquake, <laughs> that kind of a thing? It's quaking, seismos, and these experienced sailors are assessing the reality. They're not little kids afraid of a spider. They're, uh, they're assessing the reality, and they approach Jesus, and Jesus uh, is in the stern asleep. Um, and I also love, you know, some of your versions say that he's asleep on a pillow. I like that the ESV says he was asleep on the cushion. Uh, not real fancy. Apparently, there was a cushion, and he was asleep on the cushion back there. Uh, and, and in Mark's account, you can just hear the emotion coming through when they say, um, don't you care if we're perishing? Don't you care? Well, application. Here are some imperfect people in the Bible. Even the people who are closest to Jesus, they get put in the scary situation, and uh, all of a sudden they're questioning their master. And um, the Bible isn't shy to record it. In fact, Mark speaks uh, like a real eyewitness. You know why? Because Mark was an eyewitness. Uh, it says um, in verse 36, Leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was, and other boats were with him. So it wasn't just one boat in trouble, it was boats. And Mark was an eyewitness. And uh, he likely had the same question in his mind. Do you not care about my ordeal? Do you not care about this affliction? Do you not care about this trouble? Do you not care about this scary situation? My very life? Now question, where is the great flaw in the disciples' thinking? The great flaw in their thinking is in this one little fact. Jesus was also in the boat. <laughs> He's in the boat with them. I would think if you were on a plane and there was some horrible turbulence and uh, the co-pilot was half sucked out of the cockpit and the things came down and you were going, oh no, what's going to happen? And Jesus was in uh, row 23, think you're going to be okay. Their, their master... Um, Jesus' proximity to them in the boat uh, means that they're going to be okay. And the application for you is this, friend. Jesus is the God-man. Jesus is with us. Jesus' mission was to pull disciples around him and be with them so that he could, he could grow them up with him. And when Jesus departs from this earth, he just doesn't leave us. And, and it's not, it, we're not less... Um, blessed than the disciples. We're, we're more blessed than the disciples. Jesus said that it's better for him to leave so that the counselor could come. Jesus and the Father sent the Holy Spirit to be with us. God is with us. You know, you've heard me uh, probably talk about this uh, contemporary Christian song, um, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. You've heard, have I sung that for you before? Seems like I've done that recently. Blah, 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 blah atmosphere. You know, if, if, if Jesus ain't in the room, then you're, everybody's going to hell. I mean, if, if God isn't in the room, the Holy Spirit's in the room. God is with us. Um, he is your life, and your life is safe with him. All right, last point. God the other. Verse 39. He awoke rebuked the wind, said to the sea, peace, be still. Uh, literally, uh, he says, be muzzled. Uh, New American Standard, I think, says hush. Does it say hush 
Isn't that charming for we Southerners? Hush. <laughs> it's pretty cool, isn't it? Um, Aramaic, you're not, you're not going to believe this. Shut up. <laughs> we don't say shut up in our house. Oh, well, yeah, well, Jesus told the sea to shut up, and it did. Um, you know, our dog, Jules, I, uh, we have to, it, she, we have to, she's a uh, terrier. What is she? A, what is she? A Yorkie poo? She's a Yorkie poo. And uh, doesn't shed, that's great, but you got to take them to the groomer and get them trimmed and stuff and their eyes and stuff. And, uh, but to, 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 to spread out our having to pay to get the thing groomed, um, I, I can buzz her with some clippers uh, right here. But the only way she lets me do it is if I put this little muzzle thing I got on her at the pet store. And it doesn't hurt or anything. It's just a little thing, and it just clips around her, and she happily puts it on. But uh, if I don't do that, she's, she doesn't like that thing, and she would bite my finger. But I muzzle her, and uh, she can't hurt me then. Well, Jesus says to the the sea, shut up, Uh, be muzzled. Now, imagine that. You read the story, and it happened 2,000 years ago, and and we probably haven't almost died uh, on a sea-going vessel with waves crashing into the boat and, and all that. And uh, w- what did that look like? I mean, Jesus tells the sea to uh, be still. Well, it probably just didn't go... <coughs> he says, you know, be muzzled. Shut up. You know, be calm. And the storm subsides... And the boat's are rocking, and they're still in it, and they're sensing that something supernatural has happened, and all of a sudden it starts to slow down, and they're wondering, and it's... Wouldn't you be glad? Wouldn't you be happy? Thank you, Jesus. Wow, that was amazing. Lord, all this stuff just obeyed you. That's amazing. You saved us, Jesus. You must be divine. But what's their response after this great calm? It says there was a great calm. He says to them, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled Not with great thanks, not with great happiness, not with high fives. They were filled with great fear and said to one another, who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? The King James Version says, what manner of man is this? What manner of man? In fact, the King James Version and the New King James, they're the only ones who put it that way. Everybody else says something like, who then is this, or what this man, or something like that? Um, who then is this? They're, they're saying, wow, Jesus is this human being who's tired and asleep because he needs to sleep, and then he wakes up and he says, hush, and the wind and the waves obey him. What manner of man is this? Who then is this? Application for you. That is precisely the gospel question. The the Bible presents this Jesus to you, and uh, the question is, what manner of man is this? Is this Jesus who he claims to be? He says, I'm the way, the truth, the life. 
I'm the only path to the Father. Um, the, ap- the apostles um, support that um, and, and articulate the gospel in exclusive terms that Jesus is the only way to the Father. Who then is this? What manner of man is this? That is the gospel question. Who is Jesus? Is he, um, is he just some elevated prophet? Is he just some created being? Is he second fiddle to Mohammed? Um, is he just one of many gods and many paths and you walk up to the elephant and there's a trunk and there's an ear and there's a this and there's a that and uh, you can climb many paths up the mountain. Jesus is one of those paths. Is that him? Or do you believe what he says about himself? It is the gospel question. And what these guys have experienced is divine trauma. They've been exposed to this guy who's fully human and they know it. But then they see his divinity shining through. And uh, it, it puts them into, into a, a, a crisis, a spiritual trauma. Uh, and that, that's the presentation of the gospel. Uh, what, who is Jesus? Did he die on the cross? Uh, an innocent who was, who was uh, falsely accused and dying in the place of somebody else as a substitute? Was he that? Or was he just some dude? Uh, all right, to close. Um, Jesus is God, and God remains calm. Um, years ago, Tammy and I took a road trip with uh, her mother, Mimi, and her weirdo buddy, Betty. And, uh, and it was, uh, you know, I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but, uh, you know, it was, a, it was a pretty sacrificial thing to do. I'm driving on the, going on a country road. I don't even remember where we went. Uh, oh, did we go to Arkansas to see the Passion Play or something? Boy, that was sacrificial, let me tell you. And uh, so I'm driving with, with them, and they're, they're chatting it up, and I'm in, my, we're, I'm in a, a, a Nissan Sentra, a five-speed Nissan Sentra with no power steering. That was my car back then, and I've got these three ladies in it, and we're just down the highway. And uh, I'm looking way up there, and there's, I see some police lights, and there's been some kind of accident or something. Way, it's like some country road way, way down there. And uh, I'm like, okay, what is that? Something coming up, all right. So it's like a half mile away, maybe farther. And uh, I'm getting closer and closer to it, and uh, my foot's uh, about to step on the brake, you know, because I'm getting closer to it. And all of a sudden, they break from their conversation, and all three of them go, ah! And, you know, I just, uh, I just it's scared me like crazy. And then they start, as we go around the, this little accident, um, they start going, oh, thank you, Lord. Well, it was a miracle. Oh, praise God, he intervened. We almost got... And I'm like, or... I, I don't deny that God's in charge and worthy of praise, but I, I have been watching this thing for about a half a mile, you know. Um, the, the point is, to them, to them, it looked dire. You know, because you just look up and you go, whoa, you're assessing this situation for the first time. It's come at you and it's dire. It's, it's, it, it's a squall, you know, it's just whipped up and it's taken you uh, by surprise. Um, but, you know, in the car, uh, one party, the passengers, they were frightened because they spotted it suddenly. But one party was calm because he saw what was coming. Um, and uh, he remained calm. He never... Stop being calm, well, until they scared him. Uh, he remained <laughs> calm. You know, there's a, there's a hymn, Immortal Invisible. 
And uh, I, I love these lyrics. Unwanting, doesn't need anything. Unhasting, not in a hurry. Silent as light, nor wanting, uh, nor wasting. Thou rulest in might. Um, God's not in a hurry. He doesn't need anything. He's not surprised. You know, we live our lives and boom, we're shocked because something popped out at us and it's frightening. God is in heaven and he surveys everything. He's not surprised by a single thing that's shown up in your life. He's not startled. He's not gaining information. He's not learning. Um, You know the difference between being and becoming? Um, We're becoming. Um, I um, just got another minute older and I just learned something. And I just had a new experience, and I just figured something out, and my life stacks up like this. Well, God is not like that. That's why he is I am. He is being. He is. Difference between being and becoming. And uh, God is in heaven, and he's not surprised. He is calm. Here's a verse I had never seen before um, in, in Immortal Invisible I want to share with you. I've never seen it before. been doing this a long time. Um. To all life thou givest, to both great and small. In all life thou livest, the true life of all. We blossom and flourish as leaves on the tree, and wither and perish, but not changes thee. He didn't change. He didn't learn. He doesn't need. He's not in a hurry. He's not rushing to help you. He is. Uh, You understand? Nothing changes him. Uh, Nothing challenges his his authority. He's in control of everything that's ever been made. He's in control of the spiritual chaos and has addressed it in the sending of his son. And even more so, the issue of death has been conquered, arrested by this Jesus Christ who has secured it with his own blood um, in in a sentence Um, Jesus is God, and God remains calm, and uh, that ought to be an encouragement to your soul uh, this week. Let us pray. Father, um, I'm humbled to even think these things and and say these things and hear myself say them. I'm scared, and... uh, I'm surprised, and I'm hurt, and I'm afraid. I'm afraid of consequences, and um, I'm not calm, um, but you are. And we pray, Lord, that um, you would continue to work powerfully in our lives, that we would be men and women who grow up um, not just in the likeness of Jesus. Yes, we we long for that, but we, we pray, Lord, that we would... Uh, grow up in the fellowship of our God, to to remember that the safe place is the very shelter of your own personhood. You are our shelter, God. You are uh, that which, um, for which our souls long. So give us yourself, Lord. Um, Rend our hearts, and as the waves pound into the boat and frighten us, remind us that you are never surprised and always in control. And we pray it in Christ's name. Amen. Thanks, y'all.